welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. So Lord, by your spirit, would you come and inform our minds as we look at this scripture this morning? Would you interpret your scripture to us? Give us something to encourage, maybe something to challenge as well. We open ourselves up to you, to your truth, and to your light. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, So it was suggested to me um, last week that I was being grumpy. I know you can't really perhaps believe that. um, But it was suggested to me by somebody who knows me pretty well. Um, Yeah, my wife. And uh, I, I can't remember what it was, but, uh, but she said, oh, you're, you're, you're a bit grumpy. Now, you know, my natural tendency is me, me being grumpy. You know, and uh, anyway, um, I thought better of saying anything more at that point. But then, uh, blow me down, but a few days later, she said, you are becoming a grumpy old man, you know. <laughs> so, thank you, Helen, thank you. Um, and I know you're, you're you just wouldn't but uh, of course I know myself and I thought you know a little bit of grumbling complaining and uh, I I really don't want to become a grumpy old man Um, you know I'm sure none of us wants to become a grumpy old man or or a grumpy old woman it's open to all Um, but but what it did do is it put me in mind some reading I've done in the past some in-depth reading that I've done on this subject and I'd just like to share how did that come up? There you are. Roger Hargreaves, Mr. Grumpy. Grumpy by name and grumpy by nature. And I remember the introduction from I was reading to the kids. Now, Mr. Grumpy, he doesn't like pretty flowers. He doesn't like reading books. In fact, he's the grumpiest of all the Mr. Men and the Little Miss books, isn't he? Grumpy by name, grumpy by nature. But it also put me in mind of some reading I'd done um, by a chap called Oswald Chambers. So earlier on in the last century, he was a chaplain uh, to the troops in the First World War, in Egypt, I think it was. And uh, he, famous author as well, My Upmost for His Highest, probably his most famous book. But he also wrote many other books, and he kept a journal. And I remember reading this quote from his journal. This is Oswald Chambers. A great fear has been at work in my mind, and God has used it to arouse me to prayer. I came across a man who I knew years ago, a mighty man of God, and now ten years have gone, and I met him again garrulous and unenlivened. How many men seem to become like that after forty years of age? And I, and I just wondered, You know, having reflected back to me that I was being a bit grumbly, grumpy. How much attention do we give, especially when we go through our middle age and into older age? How much attention do we give to our character formation? A lot of thoughts gone into that. A lot of thoughts gone into that. He went on to write this, and I'll read it to you. The fear of sloth and indulgence has come home to me with a huge fear. And fairly driven me to God to keep me forever 
from not forgetting what I owe to him. Thoughtful words, what we as men and women ought to have in mind. What is the person that I'm becoming? What is the person that you're becoming? And do you like that person? We spend a lot of time, especially when we're younger, thinking about our competencies, our skills, our leadership, whatever it might be. But how often do we think about our character formation and what's going into making us who we are? So that's the question for this morning. How do you want to be when you're older? What sort of person do you want to be? I don't want to be a grumpy old man. Let's have a look at this Romans passage and what the Bible says in this direction. So, from that Romans reading, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, this is what we're going to be focusing on. Paul writing to the Roman church, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's where, that's where the battle is fought, in the mind. We've been talking a lot since Pentecost about the role of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Dwells within us, that life of God that dwells within us. And up to this point in Paul's letter to the Romans, he's talking about what Christ has done and the life given through the Holy Spirit. And now there's a, here's, the, here's the gear mechanism. This is the transmission mechanism whereby the idea and the life of the Spirit then results in our actions, our deeds, and what we say transmitted through the mind. Let's have a look at what else Paul says early in Romans about our mind and the Holy Spirit. Here you are. Uh, it's, it's hard hitting, by the way, this morning. Scripture has a way of just putting a knife in. Paul, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. He continues, so the mind controlled by the sinful nature, the old sinful nature, our base nature, our flesh nature, is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So Paul, who's spelled out the gift of God in the Holy Spirit that's deposited into our hearts, now makes this vital connection between what the Spirit does. If you like, it primes the pump to our thinking. The Spirit sets the direction which we're invited to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the living God. Let's explore this some more, a different way, though. The brain, it's where our thinking comes from, is basically an antennae. It has 86 billion neutrons, and every neutron has a receiver and a transmitter. And each day we can transmit, or we can receive, from one of two basic frequencies. We can either 
tune in to the positive or we can tune in to the negative frequency. They're the, the two main frequencies that we have. In the garden, the Garden of Eden, right at the beginning in the book of Genesis, there is the voice of God calling and there is the voice of the serpent. Which one are Adam and Eve going to listen to? There's the voice of God or the voice of the serpent. And of course, we know that story. They listened to the wrong voice. And the actions that resulted had consequences. But the truth is, each day, all these messages are coming to us, and we, we've got a choice. We have got a choice. Which ones we're going to listen to? The positive frequencies or the negative frequencies. And if you like, there's, there's a higher state of mind and a lower state of mind. Our mindset on our sinful base natures or the mindset of the Spirit of God. And we have a choice. If you like, uh, there's this story from North America of um, the Indian story about the two dogs. A person keeps two dogs, and they're always fighting. They're always in conflict with one another. And a visitor says, well, which dog usually wins? And the man says, the person says, it's the dog I feed the most. You see, the, the same battle goes on in our minds. There is the old nature, the base nature, and there's the, the mind of God that is given to us by the Holy Spirit. But they are in conflict. Let's re recognize that there is a conflict here. Look again, if you, if you have any doubt about the conflict, then Paul recognizes again. Next quote, please. Here he is giving direction to the Corinthian church. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That, that active language that we take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. This doesn't happen just naturally. It might do over time, but recognize this tension that we're all in. Sometimes I think, oh, we, we hope by osmosis I'm going to become nicer and better and less grumpy. I don't think it happens that way. Take captive and so, recognizing the crucial role that our minds have in who we're becoming, in what we say, what we do. And of course, the, the, the goal of it all, the goal of the Christian life is to, to become more Christ-like, more like the one who leads us, who gave himself for us. That's the goal with your personality, but that's the goal of each of our personalities. So, that's all very well if we recognize the struggle, and I hope we all recognize the struggle. But I also really hope that we recognize that actually what God wants to do in us is to transform us by the renewing of our minds. So what practical steps can we take? What are the healthy routines? What are the healthy habits if there's a discipline attached to this? And it turns out, that many of the ancient Christian practices, the routines, the disciplines, the exercises, um, are all about bringing about that health from within that causes God's life to result from us. But 
Before I go into some suggestions, here's just uh, an acknowledgement and a reminder. Um, we're all managing our mental health. We are all managing our mental health. We talk about it more, thank God, these days, but we're all managing our mental health. But if you're struggling with mental illness, particularly struggling, there are several different things we can do. And going and talking to someone is the top of that list, a doctor, a counselor, a psychologist. If you are really struggling with your mental health, go and speak to somebody. Key idea when we're thinking about mental health and our thinking is acknowledge that, that thoughts are thoughts. Thoughts are thoughts and not facts. So the scripting that we might have, I'm not good enough, I'm going to fail, nobody likes me, they're thoughts, they're not facts. But what happens with our thinking when it goes astray is that, and you, this is theological, this is from the Bible, is that it separates us. It separates us, first of all, from ourselves internally. You know, we're made in the image of God. We're made to have God's life inhabited, but it separates us from our true self. It separates us from our friends. It separates us from our families. That's where thinking goes wrong. That's where mental health goes wrong. It just, it's a force for separation. That's back in the garden, isn't it? Remember Adam and Eve. They're separated from each other. They're separated from God, even when he's looking for them. And the goal of anything that we do, a Christian spiritual practice, is to restore. First of all, we're restored to ourselves. That's the ministry of Jesus, dying for us, forgiving us, and restoring us to God, and restoring us to community, one another. And that's the goal again of what the Spirit wants to do within us. But the first spiritual practice, the one that we've talked about, and then we, one we keep talking about, is, is the practice of prayer and reading Scripture. And these days, I'm, I love talking about praying the Scripture. Don't just read Scripture, pray the Scripture. And uh, I've mentioned it many times, that the Lectio 365 prayer app, doesn't matter if you use it or not, but the opening prayer says everything I'm trying to say this morning. Could we see that on the screen? Right at the start, each day we pray this. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. My scattered senses, my scattered mind. You, do you wake up like me and as soon as you sort of open your eyes and open your, your mind, then the flood of things to do today comes in. This, this prayer makes me pause to recenter those senses that have already been scattered back onto the one who gives life. Pause. Be in that place. Reconnect to self and God. Don't rush on. And I would be as provocative to say, yeah, I would actually, that it's virtually impossible to make any progress in the Christian life unless you're starting your day with prayer. I know that stuff happens. I know everything. I know with kids, I... But you don't need 10 minutes. You don't need an hour. You 
just somehow to say to God, I'm yours. And, and be reminded that I am God's. And that God loves me. God's for me. And the whole universe, the creator of the universe is for me and loves me. And if I can go into the day just having spent a moment, a nanosecond in that place, my day goes better. I'm a better person. And then at the end of the lecture prayer, the, it's, it's only about 10 minutes in the morning, but again, it's a lovely structure. Look at this sending out prayer. Now, as I take this time of prayer into the coming day, you see, we, we take it with us. And so we go into the day. And of course, I, I, I would encourage during the day, you know, if you can say grace, it's dropping the anchor over you. You can pray at any other point in the day. And then you come to the other end of the day, the evening, the night. And if as your head hits the pillow, you can maybe just acknowledge before God the good things of today. The things that went well, the conversations, the people. And of course, there's the other side of it, the things that didn't happen as you'd like. Maybe just reflect on those and determine that I could do different the next day. And then, and then just say to God, into your hands I commend my spirit. And you see the gift of sleep through setting our minds right. So we have this pattern of, of prayer and scripture. Um, other practices, biblical discipline of gratitude. Practice gratitude. I'm sure lots of you do this already. See what Paul says about gratitude. Next quote. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, any of those things, any of them. If anything is excellent or praisey, think about such things. It's active, though, and that's the thing. It's an active tuning into a particular frequency, the good frequency, setting our mind on things above. Throughout the day, stuff comes to us. I listened to the news yesterday morning because I knew I was bringing this message. It was one, two, three, four, five, where death or disaster. Honestly, it, it was, and that, if that is coming at me all day long, I'm not going to do well. I want to be informed. I do make it a practice of reading a paper and listening to the news, but I have to balance that. And I dare say that all of us have to work on this. It's an active thing. What are we tuning into? Here's the practice of gratitude. I don't think you can be grumpy and thankful at the same time. I haven't thought of it. I've just made that up now. But can you be? Can you be grumpy and thankful? If you're blessed, can you, can you be grumpy if I'm thinking I'm blessed and grumpy? Try it as you go from here. Be grumpy and, and thankful at the same time. Um, my own practice is... I, shower in the morning, I have a shower, and I, and I love standing there underneath the warmth of the water. And I just think that that's the place where I try and remember God loves me, that warmth in that nice place. And I try and have a practice of gratitude. I eat my breakfast and I look out of the window of the garden. And that leads us into mindfulness very quickly. And I know you've all heard about mindfulness now, but that's being present to the now. 
If we're present to the now, we start forgetting about the past or worrying about the future. We start to engage our, our senses, our smell, our hearing, our, our tasting, our, our feeling. And we become present the eternal now. You see, that's where God is present, the now. That's the sacramental moment. We can only encounter God in the now. And you see, when we start stopping engaging our senses and encountering God, that's where, that's where the center of our mind renewal begins to take place. Just as I draw to an end, I'd invite you to think about your practice, your practices, what you're doing to tune into that frequency, that higher frequency. I'm going to draw to an end uh, something else that was written about Oswald Chambers. A couple who'd invited him to their home, they'd got to know him, wrote this about him. They'd, they'd seen him close up, if you like underneath the bonnet. They wrote, it's his ideals that were terrific. Oh, he lived up to his ideals. He was a man who always carried them with him. And therefore he gave to others a sense of the presence of God. We notice this in his merriest of moments as well as in his ordinary life or in the most serious parts of his ministry. We loved having him in our home. He taught us so much. He played with our children. He was never happier when crawling around the nursery, playing or being a lion or a tiger, led triumphantly by a small boy or girl who he allowed to tease him unmercifully. I want to be that man. When I'm older, I've got work to do. I really have. But by the Spirit of God, He will work within me. He'll do the same for you, each one of us, if we ask and work and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to sing again. Um, just ask the band to come up. But I invite you to pray. Pray with me as they get ready. Let's slow our breath. Um, let's become still again. Relinquish our worries. Maybe open our hands up to pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit to my mind. I receive your comfort. Come, come Holy Spirit to my heart. I receive your peace. Come Holy Spirit to my soul. I receive the Father's love for me. Come, come Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search West Chelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.